I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and we are here on the Kara Golden Show. I'm so, so excited for my next guest. We have Lydia Finette, who is the author of Claim Your Confidence. She's a lot more than that, though. I actually met Lydia when I was launching my book, um, now almost, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago now, uh, a little over that, almost two years ago now. God, time, time flies when you're having fun, right? But anyway, Lydia and I became fast friends. She wrote her previous book, uh, which was also a bestseller, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So when Lydia is not writing bestselling books, she is a top auctioneer traveling the world and running some of the top auctions in the world. Fascinating, fascinating. And if you ever get a chance to have her be a part of your auction, you definitely have to uh, have her uh, be a part of it because it is absolutely fascinating and so much fun. And she's not boring at all. Uh, she will keep <laughs> everybody wide awake, uh, but also read not only the second book, um, Claim Your Confidence, but also definitely pick up a copy of that first book, The Most Powerful Woman in the World. But we are going to talk to Lydia today about about this new book. And if you are looking on the video, I have it right here. It is so, so good. So welcome, Lydia. So excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. That was quite an introduction, Kara. I really appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be here. Very, very excited. So this is your second book. Why did you decide to write on the topic of confidence? When I was on my book tour for The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You, Every single time I did a Q&A, there was always a woman who asked me about confidence. You know, I'm an auctioneer. I stand on stage in front of thousands of people and people would ask, how do you do that? How can you be that confident on stage? Why do you seem so natural up there? And it really made me think a lot about confidence. But this was 2019. You know, life was very different in 2019. And I thought a lot about it the words imposter syndrome kept coming. So I was seeing themes that I could definitely write to. And as a writer, I'm always kind of looking for the white space. And then COVID hit. And like many people, I became a stay-at-home homeschooling mom of three, in addition to running a global team and the school cafeteria simultaneously. (laughs) And as you know, those times were very confusing, especially for women. And what had started during those books the book tour Q&As during COVID became a deluge of emails and DMs from women that were like, I used to be confident. I have no confidence. I used to have a job. I lost my job. I'm scared financially. And I felt like I was holding up really well during COVID. I have a very deep well of confidence. I have a very deep well of reserve. I always have. And I've built it up over the course of my life by putting myself out of my comfort zone all the time. So when bad things happen, I figure them out. And that's when I really feel like I can move forward. 
And so I started writing again. And I wrote to these themes of confidence. And I wrote to the women who were emailing me and DMing me about things that I was going through. You know, I took a 40% pay cut. My husband lost his job. I was scrambling to create side hustles to make sure that we didn't have to change our lifestyle. You know, all of these different things that I was doing, I figured somebody would be able to be helped by them in a book. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we kind of came out of COVID and I had more time. By the end of 2021, I'd finished my second book and you're holding it now, bright orange with the big sun on top. So awesome. Well, before we get into the book further, I'd love to hear, or I'd love for you to share a little bit more about you. I did my research and uh, a little bit on your background. I was I was fascinated to hear how you actually got to New York. And I think somebody's got to write a story about all the various ways people ultimately get into what they're doing, because I think yours is is so fascinating. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. And it's funny that you say that I have a podcast called Claim Your Confidence, where I talk to different women, and you were on it as well, about how they came to to who they are, where they came from, or how it all started. And I did it really because so many people, I grew up in Louisiana, and so many people are like, oh, well, everyone in New York comes from New York, and that's why they're successful. And I always laugh. I'm like, no one from New York comes from New York. Everybody comes to New York to make it, right? And so people who've made it there, I think you do find this commonality of hard work and tenacity. And, you know, I think that's what I brought to the table when I came to New York in my 20s. I had read an article in Vanity Fair magazine about Christie's Auction House. I became obsessed with working at this place. I didn't know anything about auctioneering. My parents were not art collectors, but this article about Princess Diana's dresses being sold at a place called Christie's on Park Avenue just captured my college-aged imagination. And I just really wanted to work there. And I applied for an internship, didn't really get it because there weren't any internships available, stalked the internship coordinator until she finally relented over two weeks. And once I got in, I never really wanted to leave. I became an auctioneer about four years into my time there. I tried out. It's a four-day tryout like Survivor. You get voted off the island. And I stayed on the island. And once they gave me that gavel, I just would not get off stage. And 20 years later, I just launched my own auctioneering agency last week because as a charity auctioneer and one who's taken thousands of charity auctions over the course of my life, I often say, like, I know what it takes to be up there and I know what good ones look like. And so, as you said, no one wants to sit through a boring auction. And I know I can make sure that they don't if I come on stage or if I can train someone to do what works when they're up there and more importantly, to raise money for a nonprofit. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. 
Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I love it. Well, you uh, definitely, I, I love, love, love that story. It's so great. So the first time you remember that you had to find your confidence. I mean, that was definitely 
I guess it takes a lot of confidence to move to New York and go and apply for that job at Christie's. But were there times even before then when you just weren't sure whether or not you had uh, the confidence to be able to go out and do something? Is there anything thinking back on, you know, that time? So many times. I mean, you know, I think about high school, I went to boarding school. My mom is British and she went to boarding school when she was eight. So she thought nothing of the fact that we were going to go to boarding school in high school. It seemed like we'd been home for maybe too long. I'm not sure. But um, I went to boarding school in Connecticut and I grew up in Louisiana and Louisiana and Connecticut are two completely different worlds. And I arrived, my roommate was from Hong Kong. And I remember the first night I thought it was a great idea to go to boarding school. I was really excited about this prospect. I mean, my mom had told us all these amazing stories about her time there. And I just really, really wanted to go. So I lobbied my parents. And I will never forget that first night, just sitting on a bed being like, oh, I think I've bitten off a little more than I can chew here. My roommate looked similarly shell-shocked. And I didn't have a lot of confidence then because I wasn't like everyone else at that school, you know, predominantly when I was there, it seemed like most of the kids came from the Northeast. And so everyone up here was different. You know, they were doing different things. They were dressed differently. I mean, I definitely was wearing skirts. We had to wear skirts and dresses to class, but mine did not look like the skirts and dresses that were coming out of New York City. That's for sure. And so I think over four years, I really learned to trust myself. I remember, I remember one interesting thing that I don't think I've ever shared on a podcast before, but I remember being at lunch one day and I've always had a really quick wit. Like I always love a good comeback. I love to keep up with people who are funny. And I remember being at a lunch table with one of the one of the girls who was around my age, who everyone always thought was so funny. Someone came to sit down and she said something and the thought had actually come to my mind, exactly what she said I'd thought of at that moment. And everyone laughed. And I remember thinking, I should say things like that. Like I shouldn't keep these things inside because obviously being funny is really like, it's, it's something interesting. Like people like it. And I remember making a decision at that point that I wasn't going to keep that stuff inside, that I was going to share that sort of humor with other people. And now over the course of my career, that humor is what defines me on stage. You know, I, I lean so heavily on it because I know that it keeps people engaged and it entertains them. And so I can still at that very early age, remember like shoring up my confidence to make those jokes and to say those things. But those were tough years. I mean, my, my high school years were from the outside looking in, they probably didn't look like that. But for me, they were, they were many years of finding myself. I think it's interesting what you're talking about, because if you look back on, uh, on kind of when things really worked, I guess, is when you're, uh, and, and also the challenges that you've had, you can learn a lot, right? And I think that that's how you build confidence. And I feel like I got that out of your book uh, as well. I, I felt like your book was really a powerful manual that I was able to kind of say, okay, this could help whether or not you have confidence or not. This is the kind of reminders that help you to think about, okay, I'm not feeling confident right now, but when did I feel confident? And that's what I felt like I was able to really get out of your book. Not just a, I don't think it's just a book for somebody who is just a, an individual that says, I have no confidence at all. I need to go read Lydia's book. I think it's also a book for somebody who feels like they have confidence, but maybe they have tough days, I guess is, is the right way to yeah. say that. And we all do. And, you know, I talk in the first chapter openly about 
this amazing moment where I'd been on book tour in New York for two weeks, you know, and it was really the culmination of so many amazing moments in my life. You know, I'd run partnerships for Christie's at that point. I was nearing 20 years of a career there. And my book launch was held in the boardroom where I'd run the events department for 10 years in my early career at Christie's. And so it's like sitting at a table being honored in a place that I was so honored to be in felt like such an unbelievable moment. And then, you know, the Today Show is connected to Christie's. And I went on the Today Show. And I remember when I was about to go on, there were people from my office walking by. They're like, are you about to go on the Today Show? And, you know, just these incredible, moments that you just cannot believe. There are such pinch me moments. And two straight weeks of that, just party after party after book signing. And it was kind of magic. And then I headed out to San Francisco and, you know, I walked into the first event thinking it was going to be exactly like New York City. And over the over the first chapter, I really show that in the end, there was one person who had come to my book signing. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, there were a series of people who I tried to recruit who just told me no um, when I asked them if they would come to my book signing. And then a homeless woman pulled her shopping cart in and heckled me the entire talk that I gave in front of five people. And what I say in that book is people think that confidence comes when you're successful. Confidence comes when you have put yourself out there and you are in full hair and makeup for a book that you've written about yourself and one person shows up and someone else is heckling you and you make it out alive and you keep going and you can tell that story is the first chapter of your next book because you're not afraid of these things that life throws at you and you realize when you get to a point where you're successful, this is the stuff that happens to you. Because you are putting yourself out there and it can be embarrassing and it can be mortifying. But if you're willing to do it, the payoff is so big. And that's what I want to show in the book time and time again, through small times, through big times, like that is where confidence is born. Yeah. And I think that the most confident people also know that that one incident isn't going to define them, that they have to get back up again and try again. Um, so I think that that is, uh, such a great example where maybe you felt like quitting, um, but you were like, nope, I gotta go out there and, and change the, the visual. Um, yeah. and you so know, it's just, just as well as I do, Kara, on a book tour, you can walk into any book sign, signing anywhere and there can be four people. It's just part of being an author, you know, totally. it's not, people don't always care about your book. And so, you know, you learn what to do to make sure that that doesn't happen, but it's always a possibility and you keep going out there. So, uh, first of all, next time you come to San Francisco, you need to call me. Uh, so I, <laughs> I will, I will show up and I will definitely bring a whole group. You will be more than surprised uh, at how many people will be there. We'll, we'll shut down the, the, uh, we'll shut down the room because they'll have too many people in it. But, uh, (laughs) but I love your focus on positivity too. And you talk about that in the book and suggest harnessing this immense force of positivity, especially when you aren't feeling confident, uh, maybe even coupled with humor is is definitely something that has worked for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Positivity to me is really such an important key in life. You know, I think there are so many different ways to look at any different situation, but if you try your best to come at things with a positive attitude, you'll find that the things that seem so heavy and dark and deep oftentimes are not as bad as you think. And mm-hmm. so I am a glass half full kind of person, but I also feel like when I have those days where I'm not feeling particularly positive, I think about the effect that my attitude has on the people around me. You know, again, I always go back to storytelling because I grew up in the South and that's how we do things. And in the book, I talk about this morning where 
everything went wrong. You know, it was snowing outside. It just all escalated. Snow turns to sleet. I didn't know that growing up from Louisiana. Sleet turns to rain. By the time I got to the subway after dropping off my kids, I was going to be late for a presentation that I was supposed to be running. And I ran down the subway platform and I basically slid on my hands and knees and my purse dumped everything onto the subway platform. And I remember like piling everything up and I'm wet because I didn't have an umbrella and I've ripped my hose and I'm just a mess. And I missed the doors to the subway, like such a sliding moment, like literally missed it and kind of see myself in this like loose reflection. And I looked so angry. And it occurred to me at that moment, you know, I had a boss who once said something that I've never forgotten. She said, if you get in one argument over the course of the day, it's 50-50 as to who is to blame. If you get in two, you should probably look in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if we apply that same principle to our life and to positivity? Like, what if instead of me thinking that the world is conspiring against me and everything that's happened is all bad and today's going to be a terrible day because of all of this, what if I change that narrative? Because if I push onto that subway car with this anger that I feel right now, everyone around me is going to be angry, right? Yeah, I've given all that negativity to everyone around me. And so what if I just try, like, what if I remember it's not always about me? What about life is not always about me? And I think about this even with my three kids. Like if I'm arguing with all three of my children, there's probably one common denominator and that's me. It's not all three of my children. It's me. Same with friends, same with things. Like if you're in this constant thing about like everyone doing things to you, you need to really think about what's being done. Is it people doing that to you or are you the problem? And so that's really where I, re- I find most of my positivity from. In those moments, like at Starbucks this morning, I was one of 95 people waiting for my drink and it was taking forever. And I was like, what if I'm the one person here who isn't angrily staring at the barista? You know, mm-hmm. what if I'm like, thank you so much for that amazing drink. I really appreciate you as opposed to being like, this took 28 minutes, which was pretty much close to what it took. Um, Anyway, I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not Susie Sunshine all the time, but I do really try my best. And I think that it very much affects the way that I live my life and the people who are around me. So do you have any tricks that when you catch yourself in that mode, how do you kind of get out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, as I said, like I think about that morning, a lot of times negativity comes where you're heaping things together. So, you know, that particular morning I had been with my children, we'd forgotten backpacks. So we walked outside and it was snowing and it was so pretty and we made it almost to the subway. We realized we'd forgotten backpacks. So two avenue blocks back to my apartment. And by the time we left again, it was raining, right? So already there, I'm like frustrated and a little angry. But if I were to flip that model, what happened when I got home? My third child was not expecting us to come and was still at that delicious baby age where when I came in the door, she squealed with glee. Like, what if I focus on that part, right? What if instead of thinking like all these things are bad together, what if I flip that and thought about all the things that I had not, instead of all the things that I didn't have? And that, that sort of mental like stop right now, disassociate these negative things from one another, treat them as individual things and flip them into positive things if you can. That's what I try to do. And as I said, this isn't an every moment of everyday thing for me. But when I'm having like a really bad day, I'm like, Lydia, just stop for a second and think about what's going wrong. And are all these things together? No, the world is not conspiring against you to make you slip on a subway platform. You ran when you should have walked. It's that easy. Yeah. I think that's so true. I always, when I catch myself saying the word, I can't, I can't, or I'm like, you know, slapping myself across the face and saying, hold on, what can I do? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could walk out of Starbucks this morning and go somewhere else. Right. We totally. live in a free world and, yeah. you know, it'd be a real bummer that you didn't get your latte or whatever this morning, but you could go find something else. Right. That yeah. you could. And I think that that's where confidence starts to kind of play into this as well, that you figure out, you know, what can you do? Um, yes. So, and I know you do that so often. So what advice can you offer to someone who is just in a big rut right now that they're not feeling confidence? Um, I think that also surrounding yourself with the right people too. I mean, I guess this is also positivity. Maybe you're in a rut because you're not in the right role right now or job, company, surroundings. I think that that could also be something like change your environment. Um, that you get much more confident. Yeah. I mean, I have one of my closest friends who I talk to on the phone almost every day. You know, it's funny. She can tell I'm rarely in a bad mood when she calls, but I know that she calls, especially when she's in a bad mood, because she knows that I won't let her sit there for long, Um, which I think sometimes she also doesn't call because she wants to sit in that bad mood and that's fine too. But I do say surround yourself with people like that. Like there's always somebody you can call if you want to be negative, right? Every single person has a friend in their life who if they want to go into a deep, dark hole, you call them and they will go and sit there forever, right? You probably also have the other person who is positive and who has a positive outlook and can kind of help you through that. And then maybe you have that medium friend who will kind of meet you somewhere in the middle, but will also sort of pull you out of the rut. Like know what these people are for you. And if you don't have people who are positive in your life, find some new friends to add to your friend group because people who are living the life they want to live, the they're creating what they want out of their life tend to be positive people because they're singularly focused on creating what they are focused on. They're not looking around comparing themselves to other people or thinking that other people have it better. They're focused on what they want to do. And so those are the types of people I try to surround myself with. I mean, the woman I was talking about earlier, I often say, and she would say this back, we both are like delusionally optimistic. You know, I would say nine out of 10 ideas that we have just do not go anywhere but that's also fine because it's a kind of part of it. You know, we don't dwell on that. So find yourself with people, surround yourself with those types of people who are positive and are looking for a positive life and want to be living a fun and exciting life too. Cause I think that's also part of positivity. It's so interesting. Do you feel like there's a lot of people out there lacking confidence right now? I mean, maybe, I don't know, has COVID kind of affected people in that way that they're not as confident as maybe they were before. I, I'm, I'm so curious what your perspective is. I mean, when you write a book called Claim Your Confidence, you find out about a lot of people lacking confidence because people love to tell you that they don't have confidence. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wrote my first book was called The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. And I remember a woman who I'm very close with said to me when I told her that the second title of my book was going to be Claim Your Confidence. She said, you know, I really like that because not everybody wants to be powerful, but everybody wants to be confident. And I, it really struck me when she said that. Mm. And I was like, you know, you're right. Everybody does want to be confident because if you don't feel confident and you look at somebody who seems to have it all, whatever that means, or seems to be so comfortable in their own skin, aren't you attracted to that person? You know, aren't you attracted to what they're showing and what they're showing off in their life? I am. I certainly am. I'm always like, I want to get closer to that person and understand what they're doing that makes them so comfortable in their own skin. Because that's what I think confidence is. I think it's really just being able to be in your own skin and be comfortable with who you are and what you're doing, no matter what other people think or say about you. 
That's so, so, so true. So how can confidence help us to bring greater meaning into our lives? I think in every way, you know, if you're living a confident life, you get to make the decisions that you want to make. And that ultimately defines everything about the way that you're moving through life. You know, if we're seeking greater meaning, whether that be a spiritual seeking of greater meaning or seeking a greater meaning from those around us, as long as we're grounded in who we are, ultimately, we're going to get the answers we're looking for. Yeah, definitely. What's your advice to others on claiming their confidence or your confidence? You know, one thing, and I said this kind of earlier, I, I always believe that we all are born with confidence. You know, we, we grow up with some amount of confidence and over the course of our life, we either get more of it or sometimes we lose it. I don't think it stays forever. I think you have to constantly try to get more confidence. And there's things that happen to us that completely knock our confidence out of us. I mean, we've talked about this, Kara. Mm -hmm. Like there are just moments in life that you are so blindsided. You have no idea why something happened. But if you have gained your confidence by constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you realize that this is a blip on the radar. And ultimately, no matter what happens around you, if you are strong enough on the inside and if you have pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, you'll be strong enough to handle anything that comes your way. And, you know, I talk about this very openly in the last chapter of my book. My husband and my three children and I were in a horrendous car wreck on Halloween of 2021. And even when I was sitting in the car after I knew that my husband was alive and after our three children, he'd like touched each of their bodies and knew that they were alive with broken bones, but alive. And he took them out of the car. I was left in the car with what I would later learn was a fractured spine and seven broken ribs. I split my face open. I couldn't see out of my left eye. And so I remember sitting in the car and my whole body was numb. I mean, I was pretty sure I was paralyzed because I physically couldn't move the lower half of my body at that point. And even in that time in the car, which was probably, call it 15 minutes, I, I don't know how long it was, but I was in my mind going to that place where I was like, okay, if I'm paralyzed, like I'm going to be okay. I'll be fine if I'm paralyzed. I will get a wheelchair and I will be able to handle this. Like I am strong enough to handle this. And if I'm blind in my left eye, like I'm blind in my left eye and I will be okay. I am strong enough to handle this. And so when I say to people, if you're confident, it doesn't matter what happens around you. I speak from experience. You know, I, I left in a stretcher out of my car that day and I went into a surgery where they thought I might die because I was bleeding out internally, or that's what they thought when I went in for the first of many surgeries after that car accident. And even in all of those situations, I still felt confident that no matter what happened to my body, as long as I was alive, I would be okay and I would be strong enough for my family. And I was. And I remember, Kara, when after I had two surgeries when I was in the hospital. So the first was for the internal bleeding, which turned out luckily to just be fluid and they didn't have to cut any of my organs. So just like such a blessing on so many levels. And then four days later, I went in for a spinal fusion because my spine was fractured so that they had to put a titanium rod in my lower back. And they wheeled me down into the sort of lower levels of the hospital because there weren't a lot of emergency room uh, or a lot of ORs that were available at that time. I was going for surgery at 1.30 in the morning. And I was by myself with the nurse who had been there the night of the ER when I came in with my entire family. And, you know, this is a hospital called Westchester Medical up in Valhalla, New York. And 
the entire hospital knew what was happening because my three children were all in the pediatric ward and my husband and I were admitted upstairs. And, you know, when I first came in, the sort of message that had gone out, I later learned from some of the nurses was like, there's a family coming and they don't know if the mom is going to be okay. We think the children are okay. We think the husband is okay, but we just really don't know about the mom. And so you can imagine like the worst case scenario. And, you know, after they brought me in, I was cracking jokes, like while they were doing all the things. Like I remember one of the surgeons when I was about to go in for the first surgery, he's like, so what have, what have you had to eat today? And I said, well, I think I've had about 200 pieces of Halloween candy. And I don't think I'm exaggerating because we just left trick-or-treating. We were on our way back to the city from Halloween. And the the guy was like, okay. And he, I could see he just like didn't understand why I kept like cracking these jokes. But I wanted to literally yell to them. I'm like, I am fine. Like, I don't think you guys realize yeah. how strong I am. Like, I'm fine. I know this is bad. I'm going to figure it out. We're good. And so the woman down that, that night said to me, she said, so how are you doing like before the surgery, the spinal fusion? And I said, um, oh, I think I'm doing pretty well. And she said, you know, I have to be honest. People don't usually tell us that they're doing well when they're about to go in for a spinal fusion. But she said, you're the mom who came in on Halloween with your kids, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, I knew you would be okay because you were okay even when all that stuff was happening. We didn't even know what was going to happen at that point. You were cracking jokes and you were like talking to everyone. She said, I've seen people come into this OR who are your age, who have like minor injuries, who die because they expect to die from the minute they walk in. And she's like, and I've seen 85, 90-year-old people who come in here who should be dead, no question, who live because of their attitude, because of the way that totally. they approach this. And I swear to God, Kara, from that moment on, I was like, if that is not the biggest validation to live a positive and confident life, I don't know what is. And really, ever since that conversation, I've never looked back and thought that, that it should be done differently because I've seen that. And even through the incredibly painful recovery from something like that, I still maintain that positive attitude and it kept me moving forward. And more importantly, it kept my children moving forward as they recovered too. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think that really speaks to you too, that uh, if you don't claim your confidence, no one is going to come save you, right? Uh, you have to be the one that is owning it and claiming yes. it and figuring out how to claim it if you don't have the confidence to do it. But it is up to you to show up and actually do that as you did. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And I'm so happy that you are not just okay, but absolutely great. And uh, it makes me so, so happy to know that. So everybody grab this book, Claim Your Confidence. And thank you again, Lydia, for coming on and sharing and writing this book. It is super, super great. And we'll have all the info in the show notes as well. And definitely uh, listen to her podcast as well, Claim Your Confidence. And it is, um, it's so, so good too. So amazing guests on there. But thank you again. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you, Kara. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey 
including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.